Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your successful fundraising, and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. This year, he is celebrating 25 years in the nonprofit sector and the 10-year anniversary of his firm, TedHart.com. His books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, here's Ted. Thank you, Steve, and welcome everyone to this edition of the Nonprofit Coach. We are here live in the nation's capital. It is Tuesday, October 29th, and as always, we start with... got a great show for you today here on the Nonprofit Coach. Don't forget you can call in for our page one or page two expert at 347-324-3080. And today we have a mobile giving expert. Jed Elpert will be with us. He's the founder and CEO of Mobile Commons. So don't miss the opportunity to call in and get the answers to all the questions you have about mobile giving and the use of mobile technology by the nonprofit sector. Uh, also, uh, don't forget that uh, we're over in the chat room at tedhartradio.com. Uh, just click on today's show and you can join us in the chat room. Uh, if you're shy and want to ask questions uh, by not calling in, you can also email me at tedhart at tedhart.com. First up here on page one is a little bit of news from Google, Google Chrome, uh, which is their browser, the Internet browser market, uh, continues to heat up. Uh, and uh, Chrome, which emerged in the market uh, just in uh, mid-2008, so uh, celebrating a couple of years on the market, uh, has been uh, affected, uh, or has been affecting the market. The second most popular uh, desktop browser, uh, the growth of Firefox has stayed at 30% after the arrival of Chrome, so certainly affecting uh, Firefox and also the uh, Internet Explorer, Microsoft's Internet Explorer, has only less than 50% of the worldwide web browser utilization. So uh, Chrome has certainly been making some inroads. Uh, you can check all of our links out as always. Page one is at tedhartradio.com. Just click on the radio links. Uh, next up here on uh, page one uh, is information on how you can promote your uh, activities on Google News. This comes to us from Marketing Sherpa uh, and uh, uh, authored by Ann Holland. You'll find over in the radio links uh, an article on how to promote your webinar, but for nonprofit organizations, take heed of these tips on how you can begin getting uh, information uh, posted to Google News. And it's all about the keywords. It's keywords in your headlines. Uh, it's uh, in your first paragraph, the keywords that you use. Uh, so some really, really good tips, one, two, three, uh, available over in the radio links today at tedhardradio.com. Uh, next up here on, uh, on page one uh, is uh, information uh, for you on uh, the webinar that's going to be taking place uh, this afternoon. Don't miss 
the opportunity to join me today right after the show uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can still register. Go to the radio links uh, today at tedhartradio.com. We have a special webinar that is sponsored by Karma 411, and we're going to be giving you tips on how to add punch to your holiday appeal this year uh, for uh, a little bit more success and some good ideas uh, for you to utilize. So go to the radio links today, register. Of course, the, uh, the webinar is free of charge and made possible by the good folks over at Karma 411. So uh, next up here on the, uh, on, uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, with Ted Hart uh, is just, again, a reminder that you can call in today uh, to ask questions of our page two expert. Uh, that is Jed Alpert, and that number is 347-320-320. 3080. Next up here, if you remember last week, uh, we had uh, uh, some really interesting news about uh, the uh, awards program called the Classies, which are uh, referred to as the uh, movie industry has the Oscars and the uh, and Broadway has the Tonys, and now uh, it is said that the philanthropic marketplace has the Classies. Uh, and uh, up here on uh, uh, the uh, nonprofit coach is uh, uh, an announcement, I believe. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Spear from uh, State Classy uh, here on the air with us to uh, give an announcement of a first round of voting, which has just ended. Uh, Mr. Spear, are you with us? Yeah, good morning, Ted. Hey, good morning. Great to have you here on the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. I understand that the first round of uh, voting has ended and that the winners in each of the major cities uh, that you are uh, uh, awarding the uh, classes to this year uh, have been notified, uh, and now the national voting starts. So tell us what's going on, and I hear that you may have uh, an exciting uh, uh, note uh, here for the audience of the Nonprofit Coach. Go ahead. That's correct. Um, well, we just finished uh, round one of the Classy Awards, as you said. It was a very successful campaign. Um, we got close to 180,000 votes in the first round. And uh, I thought if it's okay with the listeners that we'd announce the, uh, the D.C. winners here on the radio. That would be great. Uh, we're, we're, of course, headquartered in Washington, D.C., so while uh, all the cities uh, that are voting uh, in the classes are important and uh, they can go to the radio links today to see who the winners in each of the cities were, uh, why don't you go ahead and announce the winners for each of your categories uh, for Washington, D.C., who received the classes this year in D.C.? Okay, there are uh, ten categories across the country. Um, we have uh, winners from eight cities, uh, in categories of uh, charity, individual achievement, and business achievement. And for Washington, D.C., the Charity of the Year nominee is the Brad Kaminsky Foundation. Uh, the nominee for Most Effective Awareness Campaign is the Cancer Project of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Uh, the finalist for Most Creative Fundraiser is D.C. Scores. The Small Charity of the Year nominee is D.C. Candlelighters Childhood Cancer Program. Uh, the, the finalist for Most Innovative Use of Social Media is Athletes for Hope. The Volunteer of the Year nominee is Bashara Addison. Um, the Most Influential College Student or Group is the George Washington University Alternative Spring Breaks Program. The Most Successful Fundraiser by an Individual or Group is Bridget Andrew Boyd, Abby, Ryan, uh, Ryan hit for their swimathon uh, for homeless and abandoned youth, uh, and the large philanthropic business of the year is uh, actually you, sir, Ted Hart, for uh, your work with green nonprofits, uh, and then of course the small business is Global Aid. Well, that's uh, that's wonderful. We're uh, very honored uh, to be selected as uh, the DC uh, winner for the classes this year, and going on uh, to the national competition uh, uh, across the country. Now, tell us how the voting takes place. We do have a link for all of our listeners uh, today uh, that they can go and vote uh, for their uh, favorites in each of the categories that you just uh, mentioned. And, of course, my understanding is that the winners in each of the various cities now go on to compete against each other uh, for the national awards. So tell us all about how people can vote uh, if they want to, how they might be able to attend the classes uh, celebration, and all those details. Uh, absolutely. Um, the nationwide voting campaign culminates in a red carpet event here in San Diego. Um, it will be at the San Diego Civic Theater, for those of you uh, familiar with, with that venue. 
Uh, we're expecting about 1,500 people to 2,000 people this year. We've got a great lineup of uh, celebrity guests and uh, really leaders in the, in the business world and the world of philanthropy. Um, to come on and vote, you can vote for your favorite of uh, all the nominees from uh, each of eight cities nationwide uh, by going to www.classyawards.stayclassy.org. Uh, again, that, that website is www.classyawards.stayclassy.org. Uh, everybody can vote one time uh, for each of the nominees, and uh, there's ticketing information available uh, on that page as well um, via a link to uh, About the Awards. Uh, tickets start at uh, $25. You don't have to be one. I'm sorry? You don't have to be from one of the cities which have uh, been who have received awards and are sending nominees to the national competition. Anyone can vote from anywhere. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anywhere in the country you're eligible to vote uh, as long as you have a valid uh, First name, last name, and email address. You can submit a ballot. That, that's terrific. So uh, the, the goal here is to do what? To recognize what with the classies? What, what is your ultimate goal to, uh, to take place uh, at that national celebration in San Diego on November 7th? Well, ultimately, uh, the awards are put on by, uh, by a company called Stay Classy, and we are uh, social fundraisers. Uh, we're very serious about our goal of uh, revolutionizing philanthropy in the United States. And the awards are really just an extension of that, uh, to, to recognize nonprofits uh, and individuals for their remarkable achievements, the impacts they've made in their community, uh, to get them uh, attention and, and some, some additional awareness for their campaigns, but uh, specifically to award them prize money in this case. Uh, each category is awarded $10,000 worth of cash and prizes. Uh, and the winner of the charity of the year, uh, their prize is valued at over $25,000. That is really amazing that uh, you've been able to pull this together and to have the kind of support uh, that you have. Of course, there, uh, as you mentioned, there's uh, nearly 180,000 votes that have already been cast uh, in, uh, in the classes uh, this year. You expect a big celebration on November and uh, we, all of us here at TedHart.com, the hosts of the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart radio show, are really honored to be the representative from the Washington, D.C. to the national balloting. Of course, we encourage all of our listeners to go to TedHartRadio.com. In the radio links today, you'll find the direct link to the Classy Awards uh, and the opportunity for you to vote in each of the categories. Uh, and I don't mind saying uh, uh, we, we do ask for your vote uh, in uh, uh, the uh, uh, philanthropic uh, business of the year uh, category. Uh, and we're really, really honored to, uh, uh, to be representing uh, for the philanthropic business of the year, Washington, D.C. Thank you, uh, uh, Mike, and I look forward to seeing you in uh, San Diego and celebrating with you the wonderful work of all of the nominees from all the cities around the country. Thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for having me on. And congratulations and good luck to, to yourself and to uh, all the city winners. Really means a lot. I really appreciate it. Everyone get out there and, uh, and vote here in the United States. Uh, next uh, Tuesday is uh, the midterm elections, uh, but uh, you can start voting today in the Classy Awards. Uh, and uh, you can vote uh, right up until, I believe, November 5th. Uh, they'll be taking votes. Uh, then they'll be tabulating those, and the award winners from around the country will be recognized, as Mr. Spear said, in San Diego at the National State Classy Awards uh, uh, on November 7th. So, again, go to the radio links today, and you'll find the entire ballot for each of the categories. Back here on uh, page one uh, for the nonprofit coach today uh, is our next article. And again, you'll find this uh, in the radio links at tedhartradio.com. And this is a very interesting and I think a very important uh, topic uh, for you to begin getting aware of. And that's how social search is transforming search engine optimization industry. Um, and what's happening here, if you've not been following this, is of course we've been pushing uh, Google search, AdWords campaigns, and, and Facebook campaigns uh, for a while. It's a great way to position your message and your organization in a very crowded multimedia marketplace. 
Facebook and Bing announced last week uh, an agreement that would allow Microsoft's search engine to return results based on Facebook likes. And, and for all of you who are familiar uh, with Facebook, you know that's where you uh, put a thumbs up on content. Well, of course, what matters in search is what's popular, what people actually go to, not what you think is important, but what other people think are important. And certainly by having a lot of people click on a likes button, that is an indication of popularity. Additionally, Google recently began including Twitter updates in its search returns. It's a natural innovation that fits into the business model of both companies and takes a trend of individualized search results to its next logical level. So this is a really terrific article that comes to us from Mashable, uh, and uh, you'll find that today, and it will really give you some insight into how you can position yourself on the Internet today, and you can position yourself uh, as an organization uh, that uh, uh, is interested in succeeding not only uh, in search, in social search, and in search engine optimization. Now, don't forget, uh, we're over in the uh, chat room today, uh, so you can uh, uh, ask us questions over in the chat room if you would like. You also can call in and ask questions of our page two expert at 347 324 3080. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, you'll find here on page one a link to an article uh, in Newsweek. Um, and this dovetails and helps us prepare for our page two expert today. Uh, and this is a Newsweek article entitled Helping Out with Text. I was very honored uh, to be included uh, in uh, this particular article uh, from the, uh, the author. Uh, and uh, my comments here are comments that I'm going to be very interested uh, in finding out uh, what our page two expert today, Jed Alper, uh, who is the founder and CEO of Mobile Commons, uh, uh, thinks about my comments. Uh, and that is, I think the cost uh, for donations online uh, or using mobile are very high from, from the uh, uh, from the telephone, uh, uh, cell phone company uh, uh, perspective, and I think that those costs need to come down, that we're really hamstrung into what I call micro-donations uh, through, uh, uh, through the existing apparatus, and that where the real promise of mobile for organizations are right now for the average charitable organization, and of course, here on the Nonprofit Coach, we're, uh, of course, interested in all charities, but charities with huge, huge budgets uh, have lots of consultants who can help with them with these sorts of things. Our job here is to help the average charity, those charities that are working every single day on the ground trying to help on so many different causes. How can this technology work for you? And I think, and as I said in this article, that I think it's going to be more important for engagement, advocacy, uh, information gathering than it is necessarily donations. We'll get into that with our page two uh, expert today, but you'll find all of these links over in the radio links. Also a reminder, uh, you'll find in the radio links today uh, information on how you can request a private invitation uh, to the session that I mentioned to you last week. I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina this week. Uh, we do have a very important uh, training session that is free of charge to you, but you do need to obtain your invitation. And all that information is over in the radio links today on how you can join us uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina this week. And you can find that at tedhartradio.com. So uh, with all that, we are now ready for page two. is founder and CEO of Mobile Commons, the leading mobile technology company focusing on cause-related marketing campaigns and advocacy. Mobile Commons was recently named a Fast Company magazine Fast 50 Company. Jed, its founder, is a very impressive man who has a very uh, uh, interesting background that isn't just in mobile technology. He has produced numerous feature films, including Sunday, which was winner of the 1997 Sundance Film Festival,
Festival Grand Jury Prize. Uh, he serves on the board of Riverkeeper and has also served on the numerous boards and a number of film festivals. This is a, truly a renaissance man who comes to us today uh, to speak to us about all of his insight into what is happening and what really works in mobile technology for nonprofit organizations. Joining us today, welcome to the nonprofit coach, Jed Alpert. Thank you, Ted. And first of all, congratulations. I really appreciate you joining us today, and I know that uh, you're traveling. Uh, you're always very, very busy. So let me uh, just lead off uh, by asking you to tell us a little bit about Mobile Commons uh, and where it fits from your perspective in the overall emerging nonprofit mobile market. Sure. Thanks. Uh, and, and congratulations on, uh, on, on the Classy Award. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled by that. Really quite a surprise, but uh, now we go on to national, uh, so I'm hoping that all of our listeners will uh, go online and vote, and uh, maybe we'll win at nationals as well. Well, good luck. And uh, so Mobile Commons is a communication software platform that enables any kind of organization to use mobile as a way of communicating with people in the same way they might use direct mail or the internet or email or any other form of communication. And really when we think about mobile, we think, well, it's mobile is voice, mobile is text. And uh, just to put that in perspective, there's 6 billion text messages sent a day in the United States. Uh, and that far outstrips any other form of communication that's going on in the United States. And it's also mobile web, which is enormous and 100 million mobile users of the uh, on a very regular basis access information through the mobile web. And I just want to make a, a quick distinction, which is uh, there's mobile donations, which everyone has heard about, where $10 shows up on a mobile phone based on a commitment by a user to – on the mobile phone bill based on a, a commitment by the user to, uh, to, to give money to a particular charity, most famously uh, uh, Haiti and Red Cross. Uh, so that's that's one distinct feature, and it's it's something we provide, but it's not the I think what is most relevant to the communications and ultimate fundraising goals of most organizations. Secondly, there's mobile communications, which takes the the benefit of nearly 100% penetration rate of mobile, and the incredibly high response rates from mobile messaging, and uses mobile as a form of communication for advocacy, list building. Um, and ongoing even donation engagement uh, that gets integrated into all of the other media that any nonprofit does. So at live events, you can get people to text in to join your organization, uh, maybe send your email and sort of cultivate them as, as you would any other donor or have them engage in advocacy, which is extremely effective. For example, targeted phone calls to Congress or uh, local legislators or or, or anywhere else really the uh the 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 ability to use mobile in a low cost way to build your list and engage people separate and apart from the well-known mobile donation i think is what's appropriate for most organizations who do not and ted i completely agree with what you said do not have the resources and uh uh the really the the reach that the Red Cross has, and I think, uh, or or an organization like that during an event that's getting a lot of attention, and I think to put uh, uh, that in perspective, there's probably about 20 mobile donation programs, or maybe maybe a few more, that are are, are reasonably successful or very successful. The number one being, of course, uh, 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 the Red Cross in Haiti, but most of the other ones are. Are, are not uh, uh, cost-effective for nonprofits to use, even if they make a little bit of money, that time would have been better spent or that effort would have been better spent collecting an email, getting a larger donation, mobile donations are limited to $10, and having an ongoing cultivated relationship with a potential donor by doing advocacy or by you know really providing the kind of value and information that nonprofits tend to give to their, their donors who they're cultivating over a period of time. Uh, there are, of course, uh, cases where mobile donations makes a lot of sense. Uh, for example, in podcasts, uh, uh, 
that have a tremendous amount of reach and a tremendous amount of repetition uh, and, and where people are not making large donations because of the circumstances of how people listen to podcasts, being able to donate to public radio on your phone through that podcast makes a tremendous amount of sense and is very effective. However, that same organization would never use it or would be very unlikely to use it for their radio broadcast where they're asking people to call in or go to the web to make donations to, to public radio because the, the donation size is so much smaller than their average donation size may actually have the effect of cannibalizing a larger donation and the ability to cultivate a donor. Yeah, and that's that's part of the the, the real challenge here uh, for organizations, as I see it, is of course you know coming out of the uh, 2008 presidential campaign, all charities thought they were going to be Barack Obama and raising money online, uh, and then post Haiti, everybody thought they were going to uh, be uh, uh, the American Red Cross and raising money uh, through mobile. Uh, and then the reality sets in and, and that it does still take time and it still does take. Uh, relationships and as you're pointing out, uh, those micro donations, which give the donor a sense of satisfaction, may not be the kind of donor relationship uh, that the organization is going to find to be overall fruitful. Uh, agreed. And, and it, 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 so I think it's very important to, when an organization is thinking about mobile, to think about it first and foremost in the context of how they currently reach people. And mobile or any communication tool used best integrates with that, with what every every other part of what an organization is doing. Uh, so, so you know, organizations that have have uh, 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 TV ads or that have radio outreach or that work on live events really need to figure out how technology, not just mobile technology, but the technology in general, integrates with their reach so that they can engage with the most people. Uh, but, and I think the the other the other point you bring up is it's so important, which is it 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 is it takes a lot of work to get someone to give you money, and if if you are doing the same amount of work to get someone to give you ten dollars as it would take to give you ninety dollars, that's really a a lost opportunity, and you'd have to get really yeah. ten and times more the, people to give. One of the most important words that I I think you just shared with our audience. Uh, is is actually going to be a big topic of of our webinar this afternoon uh, is the word integration and, and that this strategy really has to be integrated with all the other things that you do. It's not a standalone fundraising tool. Is that correct? It it is not a standalone fundraising or communications tool. And like like everything else, I think uh, what I always think about uh, the media mix an organization does. No no new media ever replaces an old one. Direct mail hasn't been replaced by the Internet. Email hasn't been replaced by mobile. Facebook doesn't replace uh, uh, email or direct mail. They all supplement and work together. And, and I, 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 I know you're, you're, you're a big believer of this, but the integration goes right down to the, 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 the data and making sure that you're, you're, you're looking at each contact with a person as an opportunity and uh, uh, and 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 measuring the media mix right. How often does this contact occur over mobile? How often does it occur over email, direct mail, if you're doing get out the vote by knocking on someone's door? All of those kinds of things should be, you should be able to look at how many times you've contacted a particular person or household and what the results have been and what the right mix of media is. And mobile is just one part of that equation. I, I think that, uh, that that you're you're right, and, and I think one of the things that that uh, really sets you apart, uh, and I've always been impressed with with your group, is this focus on communication, is this focus on integration, as opposed to what, what I really feel is is a bit of that siren song of those micro donations, which you know harken back to. I remember back in the '80s, so many different campaigns just send a dollar. Um, well, you can't possibly mean just send a dollar because, first of all, it's going to cost you more to process that dollar than to, to actually accept that dollar. Uh, but what we really need is is committed, knowledgeable donors uh, who can help move a cause forward. And I, I don't think with, with these micro-donations that's what's happening. It's it's more sort of retail donations, don't you think? Yes. I, I had a uh, – one of our clients referred to them as drive-by donations. There are times that's the only kind of donation you're going to get. Uh, and actually, another another customer of ours uh, 
makes the point, and they don't. They do a lot of mobile engagement, but do no mobile donations. Asking someone for ten dollars is a terrible way to to uh, to begin a conversation, and if you're able to do it, it's usually also the end of the conversation. But uh, uh, right. uh, cu- cultivating donors over years, months, and years, so that they they have annual giving is much more important. The 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 rules and the technology around making donations on mobile phones will get better, but they'll get better in the way. And what better really means, I should say, is they'll be more consistent with uh, uh, the ability to both accept money from people and engage them, so that they're they're loyal, interested, and committed donors, rather than uh, sort of facilitate more of these drive-by donations. I I just want to make the point. I think all organizations should be collecting mobile phone numbers. It's the the single best way to communicate with anyone in a in a in a in a in the context that they're most likely to read and respond to that communication. Obviously, much communication cannot be achieved by uh, through the mobile phone or, or most most effectively executed through the mobile phone. But it is it is the number that people tend to have for the longest period of time, and uh, and and. Uh, the highest level of permission. If someone's given you their mobile phone number, they want to be contacted by you. I, I, uh, I was wondering if you could share for our audience, because not everyone is familiar with all of these uh, these phrases, but to help our audience understand the difference between a text campaign and a, uh, a mobile uh, web campaign. Sure. So text, I... I I think that the data would indicate that pretty much all of your audience knows what text is. Text is that 160-character uh, uh, keyboard-type communication that is the most pervasive way of people communicating, and that has that that text is fantastic for a few reasons, including the staggering ones that I'm about to to mention. One. 99% of text messages are read. Compare that to email where maybe 15% are opened. 99% of text messages are read. 85% of text messages are read within 15 minutes. So that is a, a powerful engagement tool, but limited. It's limited because uh, 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 it, the, the, the limited amount of information, that it's really just text, which is, of course, one of its strengths, and it it is it is it is limited to the 160 characters. All of that is limiting. However, they it can drive tremendous responses. For example, with advocacy, we get a text message: "Call your senator right now." Reply call, and then that text message, because it has so immediate and so powerful, is used to drive a call where the person is automatically connected by voice to their say congressperson. After and can hear a recording, tell your congressperson this, 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 and this, all trackable and all extremely effective and very satisfying, I should say, to the constituent. That's text. The, the other thing that text can do is drive people to the mobile web. And the mobile web is really the web as it appears on your mobile phone, whether it's a smartphone or a, uh, a regular phone. The, the mobile web, by according to uh, uh, most research, including a, a, a recent report by Morgan Stanley, is about to become bigger than the desktop web in two years. That's staggering. By In two years, or two or three years, I should say, there will be more people accessing the web through mobile phones in the United States than through the desktop. So to the extent the web is important to an organization, the mobile web is obviously very, very important to the organization. That's a little that, – that is – Mobile web use is a little bit different than desktop use because you need to drive people to the right page, not your front page. And that's another very good use of text, where in the text message you can contain a link based on what you know about that person that drives them to the exact right page to give them the kind of information they need to do advocacy, to make a donation, to uh, uh, you know get information from your organization. Right. 
I just want to remind our, our listeners that uh, they can call in to ask a question at 347-324-3080. Our page two expert today is Jed Alpert, founder and CEO of Mobile Commons. And uh, Jed, we do have our, our first uh, question here. Go ahead. You're live here on the Nonprofit Coach with uh, Jed Alpert and Ted Hart. Go ahead and ask your question. Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I have a uh, three-part question. Um, one, how does an organization get started with uh, mobile uh, giving? Um, how much does it cost in terms of a startup fee and monthly fees? And is the service only in the United States, or is it applied to Canada, UK, other international countries? Uh, I'll, start, I'll start at the end. Uh, there, there, various con- countries do permit this, and let me describe for a minute exactly what mobile donations is. Mobile donations are, I should say, a what's known as a premium SMS transaction. Those originally existed for the purpose of, for example, buying a ringtone or some other uh, content for a mobile phone. That that transaction leads to a bill on your phone bill in the amount of uh, a, a charge on your phone bill in the amount of whatever the item cost. What is different about mobile donations from that is the carriers have waived their commission of about 40 or 50 percent. So that 100% less the fees of an organization like ours, 100% of the donation goes to the nonprofit, and then usually based on the provider, something like 50 cents of a $10 donation is cost for the organization. The the uh, the, the various fees range um, from about $500 per month and 50 cents a transaction is typical cost for uh, – a mobile donation program. There are some rules associated with mobile donations, and uh, th- those will change over time as well. But the the, organiza- the the nonprofit has to have been in business, I think, for over two years and has to have an annual revenue of uh, $500,000 or greater. Those are those are rules established by the carriers and the uh, the various uh, 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 organizations around that. Those aren't uh, those are not. Uh, rules imposed by uh, any particular provider. The, the, I, f- I forgot your th- third question. I'm sorry. Oh, how do you, um, how do you get started? Uh, you get started, I w- you, the, the, you, there, there's uh, the Mobile Giving Foundation, which administers this. You could look at that. They have a list of providers, of which we're one. Um, and uh, they, 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 they sort, of, sort of go through what the rules are. Um, again, I, what I would say, what I would caution anyone about is, be, you know, find organizations that are roughly your size, uh, and offline certainly be happy to help with that, and roughly have your media reach and see what their experience has been. Sometimes it's good, but very often the, it, 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 it is not uh, uh, perfect because it requires more media reach and attention to get that kind of success than I think one would intuitively first think. So I would look to other people's experience that have similar. Uh, so there are solid upfront startup fees, and and it's only available for organizations with budgets over five hundred thousand, uh, and have been in business for approximately two years. Now, is, is that specific to the U.S.? What are you familiar with the rules? The rules, uh, the the rules are roughly the same in Canada, uh, and uh, then it's different country by country. It just works differently. The um, and I just want to make the distinction. What it, the rules I just talked about, that is for mobile donations where people are having charges right. show up on their micro mobile donation. The, the, the micro mobile donation of right now it's limited to $10 in the United States will probably go up over time. And it is not – It is not. none of those rules apply to uh, uh, mobile communications, which I was talking about earlier. Right. So if you're going directly to mobile web, if you're if you're creating communication tools and things of that sort, none of those rules apply. But for for those who want to be able to say send five dollars, send send ten dollars, those are the the charities that can access uh, this waiver of the uh, you know Verizon and, and T-Mobile and 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 uh, you know, all the other AT&T. They've waived their commissions. And those are the only fees that are that, that are waived. The the other fees still apply. Correct. Okay. Caller, uh, did we answer all of your questions? I know you had a, a multi-part uh, question here. 
Um, okay, well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, so, Jed, back to you. Uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to, uh, to take a look at uh, uh, the uh, article in Newsweek about uh, text giving, of course, uh, this really very much focused on the American Red Cross. Uh, after three days of effort, they raised $5 million, uh, and that was through those micro donations, um, through, uh, through texting, and other efforts of, of uh, various United Ways and the Super Bowl and, and things of that sort uh, that really sought to, to build upon that. Uh, but I want to go back to the distinction that you were making between uh, that kind of micro-donation text campaign uh, and what the, the future holds for the average charity in the mobile web. Well, I think for the uh, – first of all, the, the, uh, what the Red Cross was able to accomplish in this situation was extraordinary. And it was extraordinary tribute to their ability to accomplish that, but it's also literally extraordinary. No one has that reach. No, no one, no organization can replicate that on a predictable basis because that reach just does not exist to have the president, the first lady, every major network pushing the idea with that kind of repetition, every social network, every blog pushing the idea of doing this. It was great that it happened, but it is unrealistic to think that 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 uh, that is a re even in a much more minor scale is a replicable event. I'm not. I haven't read the Newsweek piece that you're referring to, but I think you, you know when when uh, when organizations put up a mobile call to action that is for a donation, even at a sports stadium or even on TV during the Super Bowl, you don't always get the results that you would think you would get. Because, first of all, the donations are very low, and because there's not the kind of repetition and 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 clarity of the call to action over and over and over again that someone like the Red Cross got, you're unlikely and you're unlikely to. Uh, I'm going to back up for a second, and not the kind of urgency that Haiti brings, or an, an event like that, you're unlikely to get those kinds of high response rate results. Uh, what we found is that in where it really works well outside of uh, events that have a huge amount of media associated with a very understandable event, such as the earthquake in Haiti, is are things like uh, uh, podcasts and uh, where there's sustained amount of repetition week after week after week that are very popular, and the purpose of giving is very very clear. And the uh, uh, and the t the device of giving the phone is the way that people are listening to the podcast. That's that's a very very good example. There are other very good examples as well. But doing something at a Jonas Brothers concert, where you know you're reaching you know teens and preteens or that um, particularly teens that are that that aren't going to give any other way. That's the way you're going to reach them. So there, there are times when it makes sense, but there are times. Uh, when just regular old communications, getting people into your universe and communicating with them over time with strategy, like honestly what TED does in showing people how you engage in communication that leads to donation, how you engage in communication that uh, uh, makes people enthusiastic about your organization, that's, that's really where the value is. What's the the, uh, the 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 profile, if you will, of the average charity that's likely to succeed in using mobile today, and how does that differ from what you might imagine to be the profile uh, a year or two down the road? Well, I th today I think an organization, and I'm going to again make the distinction between mobile donation and mobile communication. But an organization that can succeed, in, can succeed in either of those right now needs to be an organization that has a media plan, has a way of reaching people, has a reason for a, a planned out reason for engaging with people, and it has has uh, solved some of their earlier the the, the more uh, the more significant media problems that an organization would have before mobile would work for them what their message is, what their media strategy is, how they're reaching people, why they're reaching people. Once what, what organizations that have resolved those issues, 
uh, are much more effective users of mobile, both on the donation side and on the general mobile communication side. In the future, I think as the majority of the web and the communications moves to mobile, I think everyone's going to have to be on mobile because that's where people are going to be finding them in the first place. And what's that going to look like? Is 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 it likely? Uh, is it one of those statistics that that I find very interesting, uh, and I'm and I'm not quite sure why MGive uh, put this out as something they seem to be impressed with. Um, but uh, the the organization MGive, which I'm I'm sure you're familiar with, um, said that they have 4.2 million unique donors, 10% um, of which are repeat donors. And, and that doesn't seem to be a, a very, very impressive number to me. Um, do you see online donations changing and growing uh, over the next couple of years or over the next five years? Uh, or is this really today a communications and relationship building tool and will be tomorrow as well? I think that as the mobile web moves, as the web moves to mobile, the distinction between mobile is going to be a ver all of this is going to be part of digital communications and will work together. And the distinctions, of course, web pages will be optimized to mobile phones. The messaging will be more targeted, but it will be, it will be much more clearly part of the, let's call it the, 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 the customer relation management or constituent relation management digital tools where you're, you're reaching out to some people specifically with mobile to be on their mobile web versus desktop web, and the more you know about that individual's behavior, the, no, the more you know how to communicate with them. And I do, so I think the, the, the distinction between what's mobile and what's web will become less, and therefore the distinction between what is a mobile donation and what is a web donation will become less significant. And I should say the future is not that larger amounts of money will be charged on the mobile phone bill, the future is, and I think everyone is in agreement with this, that it will be much, much, much easier to trigger what look like credit card donations on your mobile phone. Yeah, so, so the, the, the processes of being sort of pre-registered and uh, having mechanisms through which you can make donations uh, are not necessarily going to go through the phone companies, are not necessarily going to go through phone uh, bills, but the, those processes are going to grow in their utilization. Yes, and I think that everyone views that as a benefit. I think the, I think the, the, the carriers, the phone carriers, are very happy that that's the direction things would go. The consumer certainly wants that kind of choice, and the, it's, it's fantastic for the nonprofit because they can, they can accumulate data and information and, uh, and, and, and populate their CRM profiles in ways that are, are, are much more valuable to the long-term health of the organization. Yeah, so yeah I, know, I, I definitely agree with you there. So, so the real story about mobile uh, moving forward for the average charity is that it's, it's going to cease to be the novelty that it is today and is going to become one of the technology tools that will be part of sort of this digital revenue, revolution in the nonprofit sector. So just as you, you have a website and you have email and you have texting and you have, you have mobile, all those things are going to be tools that we'll learn how to use but like everything else that has come before it, which, you know, everyone thought, you know, the Donate Now button, okay, that's going to be it. Okay, email, that's going to be it. And none of those things are the silver bullet. Neither will be mobile, but it will become part of that great integration. Yes. Technology really becomes interesting when people stop needing to have conferences about it, when it's just part of the sort of existing way that people communicate and they figure out what works better when, and but your point, there is no magic bullet. There's not one thing that's going to work better than everything else. Uh, yeah, magic I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you on, on the, the conference <laughs> analogy, though, because there, you know, there are still plenty of conference, uh, conferences out there where people are still trying to figure out direct mail. But they're not talking about it as a magic bullet. And I, 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 uh, I, no, I no, although there are, uh, there's still folks out there 
who, who still claim it, uh, it, it to, to be the, the future uh, and, uh, and, and, and want to be deniers of uh, digital media. That's another group. Help me understand part. something, because I'm very interested in your, your perspective here, because uh, and may, maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm going to grow into this and, and, and we're going to change it. Maybe, maybe I, I'm just a bit odd in this. But I, I can tell you right now, I am, I am much less forgiving. Uh, about even a single text message that comes through to me, which is not invited and not expected. Um, you know, any any uh, uh, spam of any sort in my text message immediately uh, gets my ire up. Whereas I, I'm fairly used to uh, getting rid of spam in my email, and I expect I'm going to get a lot of those. Uh, and and even people that uh, th that I don't know that email me, and I might not consider it true spam. Even that's not annoying. Um, is that going to change? Are we all going to become more accustomed to, you know, literally, you know, many, 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 many text messages, and 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 a percentage of those are always going to be spam? Uh, or what does this portend? Because that part of it does seem different to me. Uh, in that, if mail comes into your post box and it's junk mail, well, it's junk mail, and you throw it out, and you and you get to that mail, and we're used to that. And and email, the same thing. We went through a flurry of being upset about it, but we kind of are are familiar with it, and we have our spam filters and all sorts of things. And and so you just kind of fall into, all right, I know how to manage my email now. Is this just another uh, task that we're going to learn how to do, or am I going to continue to be annoyed uh, really highly by a text message which is not invited? I think you should be annoyed, and, and for many, many years you will be annoyed by a, a, a spam text message. There, you, there should, you should get close to zero unsolicited text messages from organizations. You, you, the, the carriers obviously cannot control text messages from uh, uh, regular personal phones, but from organizations sent at any kind of scale, it is almost impossible to send an unsolicited text message, and it is a, a shutdownable offense. The, the spam is technologically quite easy to control through mobile networks, and that's very good. And every provider and every, uh, every responsible provider of, of mobile services and every responsible provider of, of text message content wants everyone to opt in for text messages and be easily opted out. That's what preserves the 99% read rate and the 85% uh, uh, within 15 minutes and the high response rate. I don't think there will be rolling forward is Yeah, go ahead. I don't think there will be a text message spam problem for a long, long time because of the technology that makes it easy to control. But here, here's here's my concern uh, rolling forward is that uh, the the economics of this are not in favor of the average user. For instance, where spam really became a problem for for networks uh, is the sheer volume that they were carrying, and there was no additional money to be made from that volume. In other words, email was basically free, uh, and if I get 200 or I get 20, the, the carrier, whoever I might be with, <coughs> will make more money. Well, My carrier... concern is that where the, the phone companies are making money every time I receive a text and every time I send a text, that there really is very little incentive on their part to control uh, those incoming unwanted spam messages. Well, I would say that, that the, two things. One is the carriers are, are very aggressive about controlling spam uh, text now, appropriately so. And for what they would make up in volume, first of all, there really isn't that much of a volume. Volume is huge in text messaging right now. There's very little, they have very little um, incentive to drive more volume. It's just, it's, it's just it is, it's 6 billion text messages a day of non-spam. The second is what they would make up. What the cost in customer complaints would be would greatly outweigh whatever benefit that they would get from the incremental volume from increased spam. And it's certainly how they view it. And there is, they are way over on the other side in discouraging spam. In fact, which is why I would suspect that most people listening have never gotten or very very rarely gotten any kind of spam text message. Right. So you don't really see that as 
as a growing issue, but certainly for charities who are looking to jump into this, is it not true that, that the rules are really going to be very different as they move from direct mail to email to sure, mobile can't buy a list. in terms of the kinds of messages and the volume of messages? Yeah, you can't buy a list, and uh, people opt out if they're annoyed. So it's, it's had people raise their hand and say, yes, I want to participate in your mobile program and, uh, and, and voluntarily get these messages. And uh, if they do that, you should be respectful and make sure that they get messages that are relevant and uh, connected to, the, uh, to what they opted in for. Thinking about 2011 uh, for the average charity, the listener of the, the nonprofit coach today, what should the average charity be doing in mobile next year? Is it a year of exploration? Is it a year of testing? Is it a year of jumping in? What, what is 2011 uh, for the average charity in, in mobile? Well, I think it's a year of waiting in, which is really making sure that you're collecting mobile phone numbers, you're finding places where mobile makes a lot of sense and trying it out and testing it, <clears throat> and, uh, and really seeing where in your overall media mix mobile makes the most sense. So in testing it, um, what are the steps for a charity to test it? Now, they're going to have to sign up with one of the various companies that are, that are listed at mobilegivingfoundation.org. Is that right? They're going uh, well, to need to have a platform. That's just for that? mobile donations. The, okay. the, the, there's no need to, to, to do anything special except find a mobile provider uh, for okay. regular mobile communications, only for accepting mobile donations. Okay. What charities should be looking for in choosing a mobile yeah. provider if they're not looking to do the micro donations? Right. I would recommend that for most charities, they don't start with micro donations. Uh, they start with mobile communications for building up their list and for engaging people in advocacy and other things like that. And how do they do that? Where, where do they find uh, these companies? Obviously, don't be afraid to talk about your own, uh, but, but where do they find, because uh, we always advise here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, the charities look at at least three different companies before uh, they jump in with, uh, with any new technology. Yeah, I think, I think where would they find this? What would they search for? Is this Google searchable uh, kind of service that, that people should be looking for now? <laughs> well, I, I, and I actually don't know what the outcome is, but I'm guessing – mobile nonprofit, but I think N10 is also a terrific resource for these kinds of things, the nonprofit okay. technology network. And uh, every, so everyone at so uh, go, our go to N10.org and look, look for various providers, and that's really the step. And, and you feel that 2011 is the year for the average charity to do that, or uh, as you first said, is, is it a year to start preparing by collecting uh, 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 cell phone numbers and seeking permission to communicate via text just as years ago we were advising to charities start collecting email addresses and make sure you have permission to use them. Yes, I would do that, but I would also say that, that organizations that have a fleshed out media plan, we should probably start testing in 2011. Okay. So, so 2011 is uh, in, in the, uh, the view of uh, Jed Alpert. Uh, the uh, president and uh, CEO, founder of Mobile Commons, is the year of testing for mobile for the average charity. Jed, um, tell our listeners how they can reach you, and uh, uh, let's wrap up our time here today. I'm watching the, uh, the clock uh, with uh, one last uh, thought about uh, what does Mobile Commons bring to the marketplace uh, that may be a special or different or worthy of our listeners taking a look. Well, I'd say two things, really. One is we're very committed to integrating data and, drawing and, and working with data from all sources to make sure that you're communicating with your constituents or members in the most effective and best way possible. <coughs> uh, and the second was we're very committed to testing and sharing those results. So we have a trove of things that have worked and haven't worked. Uh, you can reach us, reach us easily at info at mobilecommons.com or uh, uh, go to our website, which is mobilecommons.com. 
Jed Alper, thank you so much for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Your insights and information, I think, have been very valuable, and certainly starting to think about mobile giving uh, and really putting in perspective the real value of the mobile web and mobile communications for the average charity. Again, Jed Alper, thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you, Ted. This is terrific. I appreciate it. has gone by, and uh, now as we uh, wrap up our time here today, I'll just remind you uh, where I will be the rest of this week. I will be in New York all day tomorrow, uh, and then you'll be able to uh, join me in uh, Canada uh, in Windsor, Ontario on Thursday, October 28th. I will be lecturing at the AFP Canada South chapter, uh, so find me there in Windsor, uh, uh, Ontario. And then the next day, you'll be able to find me at the interactive uh, program uh, in uh, Charles, Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, in the radio links, you'll get information, and I'll be over at the United Way of uh, Central Carolina. Uh, uh, then on Saturday, uh, before I head back here to the office, I'll be working with clients in Columbia, South Carolina. So a very busy week ahead. Uh, I want to uh, mention to uh, all of our listeners today to join us Next week uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, I'm very, very excited uh, to uh, to bring to you and share with you uh, the insights of Steve Delphin, who's going to be our speaker uh, next week. He is an expert in workplace giving and can give you insight on how that can benefit your charitable organization. Once again, for joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh-huh.